Welcome to Mac Talks, the premier podcast on instructional design for higher education, hosted by the Instructional Design and Innovation Team at McLennan Community College, John, Claire, Catherine, and TJ. Today's episode explores AI's role in shaping the upcoming school year and some things to think about when planning your upcoming courses, featuring an AI-generated host named Mac. That's me, if you didn't know. Welcome to Mac Talks. Okay, that was our uh, new AI <laughs> introduction. Um, I know. What do you guys think of the voice? He makes us sound so much more serious and important than than I feel that we are. <laughs> told, All the Brits do, man. I told John that it sounded like we're about to listen to a Harry Potter audiobook. Yes. Yeah. Well, I need a little bit more Scottish. Uh, so I got the voice from Eleven Labs, uh, FYI, and great place. Uh, Pretty, pretty sounds pretty good. They do not have Scottish. I did look because I thought Mac was should be Scottish. I agree. Um, so Brit, I feel British is pretty close. They live in the same area. Oof, close they got to a lot of bad history there. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, it was better than you know American teenage girls. So you know that's that <laughs> was one of their options. options. You know so. Um, but welcome to Mac Talks. Uh, it, it is uh, us, uh, the instructional design team, and uh, instructional design and innovation team. And we're happy you're joining us. We're here for season three. It is uh, the third season. And hopefully everybody had a good summer. We're just getting, we're closing off summer break. Um, how was, uh, everybody Everybody enjoy their summer? We had the four-day work weeks. Oh, Loved yeah. it. Those are always nice. Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> Love the four-day work week. Yeah. It's fun. Why, why, why don't we do that more often? I wonder. Should uh, should we? Uh, we should, should ask coffee uh, and conversations. The <laughs> they never ask that question. Okay, they so never ask that question. The fun reason that I like four day work weeks is like, it's more easy to travel. Then the like boring adult reason that I really like four day work weeks is um, it gives me a day where everything is open to go do like chore things. It's a good chore day. Oh, yeah, like if, if you need mm-hmm. to like. Like update, you know, anything that the like, you know, oh, I need a new driver's license or, oh, I need to get my car inspected or, oh, I need like anything that like it's most of the time either closed or really, really busy on the weekends. It's nice to have a weekday to be oh, able yes. to do it. Catherine's 25, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> She's too young to be talking like No, that's, that's okay. You know, that, that no, that's true. Uh, but would you rather, I mean. I saw something the other day. Would you rather have Monday off or Friday off? What, what? Ooh, that's a good one. Fridays. You like Fridays? Yeah. I think uh, that's really hard because I feel like both have well, – part of what makes having a day off really nice is that other people around you don't have the day off. You yeah. know, like it's different than – like everyone has Saturday off or most – not everyone. A lot of people have Saturday off. But to have a Friday off, like not everybody has that off. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there's a there's a joy in having a Monday off where everyone else is getting the Sunday scaries and you're like, I'm chilling tomorrow. Yeah, but then your Monday is the Sunday scary. Yeah, it could be. It could Tuesday be. will always be a Monday. Yeah, but so, then your Thursday is now a, a Friday, so – also on the Friday when you get Fridays off. So yeah. So it depends. Yeah. Are you more excited about having like a Friday off when everyone else is working? Or are you more excited about having a Monday off when everyone else is working? Like, would you rather like usher in the week at the same time as everyone else on Monday? Or would you rather like close it out with everyone else and have like your Monday free? Definitely. I look forward to the weekend more. So I think mm-hmm. 
the way that I look at it is the weekend is starting sooner, mm, yeah. right? Rather than going longer. Right. Yeah. So that's fair. Well, I mean, Mondays have a bad history. Like everybody hates Mondays. Like Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. Garfield. Notorious. <laughs> um, so, Not you know, the president. Maybe this is the way to, to make Mondays more palatable is you have the Monday off, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. For everybody loves Fridays anyway. So I like to, I like the, the concept of traveling using that three day weekend mm-hmm. to go travel, you know, because yeah. it takes like six hours to get out of Texas. Let <laughs> me just spend the Friday to do it. Joshua yeah. looked it up recently. It's 14 hours from the top northwest corner to the bottom, like southeast mm-hmm. corner of Texas. And that's ridiculous. Poor guys. Because it doesn't even take me that long to drive from central Texas up to Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, I've driven like, to Florida in 11 hours. So. Ridiculous how big Texas is. When yeah. I was in South Carolina last week and we drove down to Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. it took an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm in a whole other state yep. with like a new history and like all these new things. An hour in Texas, I'm nowhere. I'm just in the middle of a field. I'm in the middle of a field on my way to someplace yeah, else. You're not yeah, even, you're not even in Austin no. in an hour. It mm-hmm. takes more than that. <laughs> okay, you're so. Like Going back to okay, getting back on track because we, you know, we could talk for a long time about. What <laughs> um, so we well, a couple things over the summer. Uh, there's some things happened, and um, we kind of had a high point and low point. But uh, Catherine had an interesting way of describing it, kind yes, of with I cultural. Think, the I new think cultural that trend. the new way we should talk about highs and lows is we should call them our Barbies and our Oppenheimers, uh, given the the popularity that Barbie Oppenheimer uh, has had this summer and how it feels like everybody, even if you haven't watched them, you kind of know the advertising and you know a little bit what, what and, they're about. And if you don't know, they're they're both movies. Yeah, I, yeah. I, if you're living in a box or under a <laughs> rock. Yes, <laughs> if you're movies. living under a rock, Barbie and Oppenheimer are both movies and they came out on the same day. Barbie's advertising was very colorful and bright and empowering and Oppenheimer's was a little bit more like darker and grittier and like this is this is you know history and it was sad but this is what happened Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like that can be a helpful way to do an icebreaker so we could talk about our Barbies from from the week or from the summer being being things that were good that were empowering you know things where you're just like, I was encouraged or I got to encourage someone else or I got a raise or, you know, I, I, I did something really good is a Barbie. But then an Oppenheimer might be something that was bad, but it, it kind of, it was a conscious decision to make that, that choice. And I was thinking about uh, Claire recently had uh, a pipe burst in her house. And so she had to have people come in and clean. And it was a headache for her that she had to make sure that everything was accessible and that her dogs were, you know, away in a corner. So that's an Oppenheimer for her because it wasn't great that she had to do all this to have people come in and clean, but it was a necessary thing that they had to come in and clean up. The mess. Absolutely. Yeah. The worst <laughs> thing ever. So IDI team, what was our Barbie of the summer? Yeah, I would say it was the TIDN, uh, conference. It's actually IDN, Instructional Design Network. Um, but we put the T in front of it because it we had schools, it was yeah. only Texas uh, instructional designers all across the state of Texas came to MCC to participate in our networking event. And it was so it was very empowering to see all these people travel the distance to come see us and learn from us and uh, participate in discussion. And for us to learn from them. And, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and just to kind of further that, we actually had the idea for the IDN Network last year, went to a conference, and there was no instructional design networks. Uh, there was some 
groups here and there, but nothing major. Um, and so we we kind of started it, put it together, uh, created a Discord, which is kind of a messaging app, and um, we got several other instructional designers on. And so it was really cool to come together in person and meet some of these people we have only talked to online before. So it was really cool. It was really cool. We had people from Baylor University, which is our, you know, our neighbor. We had people from Texas A&M. We had uh, Tarrant County College come, Central Texas College. Um, Where where else? It's like College of the Mainland. College of the Mainland. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it It was a really great event. Um, and one of the things that we did at this networking event was, uh, one, we fed them and, you know, uh, that's always fun. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but we also had some really great breakout sessions for them to participate in. And we covered things like artificial intelligence, course design, um, and building that relationship between, uh, you know, us and subject matter experts and accessibility I mean, it was really great. We had some great discussions and walked away with a lot of information, and so did they. And people are still reaching back out to us today, you know, asking for uh, feedback, for help, for suggestions. Um, I think that, you know, people are really starting to see that, you know, our instructional design team is really far ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. We're doing things that a lot of other instructional designers are not necessarily doing. Yeah, like a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also really cool to hear what everyone else was doing. Every college is a little bit different. Each yes. culture is a little bit different and their needs are different. And so to hear what tools that we had in common with them that we were like, oh, yeah, we're doing that too. And mm-hmm. what tools were like, oh, wait, you're doing what? You know, I, I didn't even think of that. Is that something that could work at MCC or not? Or, you know, yeah. what? how has it gone for you guys? And to learn from them was also really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so that was our our Barbie moment. So we put a p- pretty pink bow on that 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 discussion. <laughs> uh, what about our Oppenheimer now? And and I think it's not yet happened yet, but it dun, is on dun, the way. Dun. Yes, Oppenheimer. I guess kind of like what Catherine explained it as. It's kind of like a necessary event that has to happen, right? Uh, ultimately, um, I would say that for all of us, our Oppenheimer is Catherine is leaving the instructional design uh, team here at MCC, um, which is ultimately going to be good for her. It's going to be a little bit of a growing pain time for us as we navigate that um, and kind of take over some of the duties and things that she did here. Uh, Catherine, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, it's it's hard to say goodbye to this awesome team, but um, I'm working on two master's degrees right now, and I just want to be able to dedicate more of my time to that so that I can finish those up and not, you know, drag them out for another several years. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be my priority over the next uh, two years is to wrap those up. So I'm going to be shifting my time from from here to to. From from teaching to learning, I guess you know from from being an instructional designer to being a, a student again. So. Yeah, and you're you're still newly married, so yes. spending time with your husband is probably up on that list too. Yeah, of, and you know, like finding work life balance, all that mm-hmm. normal yeah. good stuff. Yeah, we we Catherine's part time, but we all looked at the workload 
she does and we're taking over and we're like uh we're, we're you were part time yes. <laughs> full time yes. outlets we by were part time employee <laughs> so Catherine does a lot around here and we're going to we're going to definitely miss her mm-hmm. um, you can't see me but i'm crying on the other side of the table yes she is <laughs> she that she's keeping cool in the texas heat and in her tears so yes <laughs> <laughs> but um i think that we can all agree like Catherine, you brought so much to our team yep. that it's we're definitely going to have like this missing piece to our puzzle Mm -hmm. when you leave and it's going to be hard to fill. Um, But I would say like some of the things that I love about you is your communication. And um, I love that your professionalism, you're more professional than most of us. (laughs) But we got to cut that part. (laughs) (laughs) You can if you want. But anyway, your sense of communication is really great and you really, you know, you know, helped us, you know, in a time that we really needed your help, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I appreciate to kind of it. piggyback on that, a lot of times Catherine and I got partnered up to do presentations, be it like our lunch and learns or at the IDN event. And as someone who does not like getting in front of people and speaking, <laughs> um, I like to be behind the scenes. I think Catherine and I really kind of like we're a yin and yang where we really complimented one another. She was very comfortable getting up there and talking to a large group of people about something that she was very passionate about. And that inspired and empowered me to kind of step out of that uh, more background role and kind of flex those muscles that I haven't really done before. Um, so I really appreciate that, Catherine. Oh, thanks, TJ. Appreciate yeah. It. Yeah. Catherine, yeah, you definitely uh, just a, the short amount of time I worked with you. Um, I know you're going to do great things. You're awesome. And you're going to be very... Uh, a big, powerful person wherever you do, you're going to do great things. And hopefully, you know, that you'll come back and remember all the little people that you worked with. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Catherine for president 2020-something. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Y'all crazy. Oh, why don't you share, Catherine, like what your goal is, you know, whenever you're done. Oh, sure. So I'm getting a dual master's of education and um, it's a master's in ministry called an MDiv. Um, and so my hope is to bring what I've learned about the education world, about how people learn best um, and bring that into the faith world and help uh, churches and faith-based organizations teach and train um, their own their own people and volunteers and, and um, people who may attend um, to, do, to do their best teaching in those atmospheres because I think a lot of faith-based places do a lot of teaching but um, often try to recreate the wheel and we don't need to do that. We have all of this data and research uh, in the education world that I want to kind of bring in and help um, help churches do that better. So yeah, where do you see awesome. yourself in like 10 years? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think um, working, working at a church and being, um, being a teacher at a church. So someone maybe who does sermons, but also does, you know, new member classes or baptism classes or um, uh, training volunteers on how to, how to, serve and teach and lead safely and faithfully. Um, but then maybe also on the side, I'd love to create curriculum kind of in the way that I've learned to do here um, mm-hmm. and, and share that with other churches. So um, maybe make an online curriculum of how to how to do volunteer training well or how to lead a small group well and to share that with other churches. That's great. Very admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. 
Let's get back to what this podcast is supposed to be about, which is... Oh, see, she is a responsible one, wrangling yeah, us back into the podcast. She keeps so this podcast is about what it looks like to teach in 2023, and we had a few topics that came to mind. We thought about how AI is going to be a part of that. We want to be culturally relevant, and we want to think about accessibility. So AI... TJ and and John, you guys are our AI experts of, of, in the room right now. Yeah. What do we need to be thinking about as we're teaching in 2023 in regards to AI? That's a very good question. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll bring up the IDN a network event again because we had a, a lot of talks about AI. And um, we have talked to several schools uh, inside and outside of Texas. Um because we've been doing our research, of course, on AI and how can we counter it? How can we integrate it? And uh, honestly, nobody's really wrapped their head around it yet. There's there's things that people are trying. There's things that colleges are doing. But um, AI is evolving so quickly right now that it's just too new. And things that we try are are getting countered as, as so to speak. So... My opinion is integration is probably going to be the best way to go is trying to fill fill out where you want to uh, integrate, how comfortable you – and that starts with using it. So using ChatGPT and other AI, there's so many different ones out there now. Um, I don't know. What do you thought, CJ? I'm definitely on the side of embracing it um, but kind of being cautiously optimistic at the same time. Uh, I view it as a good springboard for uh, completing tasks. Um, an example was a while back, Claire needed some assistance with coding on a Brightspace shell. Mm -hmm. And I know just enough about coding to look at something and tell that something wasn't right. But using AI, I was able to find a solution and it kind of, it empowered me to kind of like dig a little bit deeper and research the topic a bit further and find a solution. So I'm definitely on the side of using it as a tool, not as a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use, I, I use chat GPT just about every day, uh, to brainstorm things. Um, that's my main, like, Hey, I need, give me some ideas because, uh, sometimes it gives me stuff that I'm like, okay, I know that. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, wow, I've, this stuff I, I didn't think of. And so it's just like having a little personal, you know, brainstorm, assistant there mm -hmm. to, to kind of give you ideas. So um, I don't know, you, Claire, Catherine, are y'all using AI at all or what? I think in addition to what you guys have already said about it, another thing that AI can be really helpful to do is if you have like a menial repeated task that just takes you a while to do, it's possible that AI could do it faster. Um, and so I think, John, you and I have talked about sometimes AI isn't the most creative. Sometimes it can just pull ideas and start things for us, but it's not going to present a finished product uh, in the way that we would want it to, but it can help us a little bit along the way. So it can help us in the brainstorming. It can help us in um, in doing some, some editing or, or as we use today, uh, the 11 Labs uh, AI voice mm -hmm. to do this intro. I've used that on a video I've created this week um, where it would take me an hour to, to set up all of the audio recording equipment, to, you know, read through the script, you know, fix any uh, errors that I made, edit it, and put it in a video. Whereas for 11 Labs, I 
type my script into it, press go, and it was done. And it was ready to be put in the video. So that saved me a ton of time, and I was happy with the quality of it. Um, so that's that's a way that I think AI can help um, and another step in the process. Taking so. those tasks and mm-hmm. just yeah. helping you with those. Yeah, I well, agree. And also sometimes, not to cut Claire off, I think that you're about to go, <laughs> but it's about video editing. Is A lot of times when you sit down at like a video editing program, it's a bit overwhelming. There's so many tools, and if it's your first time or you're kind of a novice, it can be very overwhelming. So utilizing AI, there's one that, we, that John and I just learned about is called Beyond Go, which is an app that we use to create uh, instructional videos but they have an AI integration that we just learned about. And I could definitely see that being beneficial where if you are daunted by the idea of where do I start, it can help you start the video and then you have full control over editing it and changing it. So I think, again, using it as a springboard mm-hmm. is very, very handy, especially for programs or apps that you're not very comfortable with. Yeah. I'm all for trying to find ways to integrate it, um, specifically because I know that K through 12 is using AI. When, when they go into the school year, they're going to be using it probably on a daily basis. Teachers are using it as tools to build lesson plans, to come up with activities. There's so many things out there. Um, but yeah, I think that it it's definitely a tool that we need to start teaching to this generation of people coming to us because this is new to them. Um, and when we send those students out into the real world where people, companies are starting to use AI on a daily basis, they're going to need to know how to use or mm-hmm. um, to use this to help themselves be productive in the, in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, we, I had sent y'all something and I can't remember exactly what it said, but the, the gist of it was, um, you know, whether you or not you're, you're, into AI and, and integrating it into your classroom, you may be on the side of um, you don't you want to prevent your students from using it, and that and that's fine. Um, they're probably going to find a way to use it anyway. But uh, regardless, uh, you know it. It what what we're looking at here is if you have a student using AI to cheat, they're probably finding other, they probably would have found another way to cheat. And really what we need to try to do is get our students to value why they're getting the education that they're getting. Why are they, why is it important for them to learn this where they are not having to, this skill that you're trying to teach them, whether it's writing or or whatever, why are the, why is it important for them to do this task and do it themselves? Yes. Mm -hmm. And not have AI do it. The value of that needs to be really translated And and I think that's where a lot of students are – we're losing some students. They're like, I don't see the value of this. I'm going to have something do it for me. Mm -hmm. I won't use this again or I don't need to know this. So I think that's a big piece of it. And I think Richard and I um, had a really great talk yesterday about how students are really focused on grades. They're focused on not wanting to fail. And I think having that those conversations with them about it's okay to fail. You should fail. That way you can grow and fix it. Um, and giving them, giving students that opportunity, you know, to make changes, to fix what they've done. Yeah. I think that's also another way. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are several ways that we, you know, there are several ways out there that we could deter students from using AI if that is needed, if yeah. that is something that faculty want. Um, they're having multiple means of assessment. I think we've talked about that. Catherine's really big on that. 
Um, that's a big one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain that a little bit more? Oh, yeah. Just um, if you are expecting students to put their knowledge into different mediums over the course of a semester, they're less – they're being forced to think about the idea in multiple ways. So it's more likely to stick with them after the class is over. And also it, it does kind of prevent cheating. Um, I, I think about this a lot um, – my husband and I put TSA locks on all of our suitcases when we travel. Um, they're really easy to break if you have the tools. But what it deters is people casually unzipping your suitcase. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it deters just someone from it, – it, it makes it harder for people to do the really easy work of stealing. If, it, if you just put one barrier between a person and stealing – they're way less likely to do it. So now it can't just be a, oh, I have this opportunity, I'm going to take it. It has to be, oh, I have to think about it ahead of time and bring clippers or whatever. And I think multiple means of assessment can also do that for cheating of um, because it's so much harder to put your thoughts into different mediums over and over and over again, it's going to make AI not as helpful for them to do that work. And I think also we've kind of said it in a few different words, but I wanted to kind of summarize it. If students are going to be using AI in their lives after college anyway, this is the best time to teach them the appropriate ways to use it. So not Uh saying AI is horrible, don't do it, or yeah, everything is about grades, so if you can just finish this using AI and get a decent grade, that's enough. But finding that middle ground of, hey, this is, you know, your education is really valuable and AI will always be a part of your life. So how can you use AI to help you but make sure that your final product is something that's uniquely yours and that you've learned? And that AI has just been a a small tool in that process. Yeah, I think about that recent story about the lawyer who used AI. His his kids were using AI um, and he was like, well, you know, my case is coming up. Um, the trial's coming up. I, I need to have some sources, you know. Um, so he used AI to cite sources for court cases that did not exist. And so now he's about to lose his license. Mm. And so I think, you know, starting there, like we can't use chat GPT to cite sources. I mean, we've, I mean, it's some, they're going to be, in, they're not going to be credible, you know? Well, and I think that one thing you need to, to let your students know, and one thing you should know when you use AI is that we all, when I use AI, I already have the skills necessary in design and mm-hmm. teaching. And when it spits it out, I can recognize when things are not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but students that are coming into our, our classroom are usually don't have those skills developed yet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. making sure they understand that they need to have those skills beforehand to be able to recognize if ChatGPT is giving them the right answers or if whatever program they, they have is giving them the right information, just like this lawyer. Yeah. Um, if he understood that, then he would know that, oh, this court case is not correct or this is, you know, that's so... Um, I don't think AI is, is the answer to everything. I think we need, you're right. We need to look at it. How do we use it responsibly? Um, and because it's here and it's not going away. And I know people hate that saying because everybody says it when we talk about AI, but, um, like me, like TJ said, we, we saw a video, uh, uh, we met with a vendor today that had integrated AI into their product 
it is going to be in everything that we do. So we just, we need to teach people how to use it and what, what to do. So it's even, um, not to prolong this, I know we need to move on, but it's even going to be integrated into Office 365. There's a new integration called Copilot, yeah. which uses AI across the entire Office 365 suite. So, mm-hmm. And Google has their own AI. Grammarly has their own AI. Everything. Yeah. So it's, it, it is, it's here. Yeah. I didn't know if you noticed on the, in the, the Zoom meeting we had, there was an AI. Uh, yeah, it took it's for taking notes. Yep. So in it, it, it gives notes on the meeting. So there's, what? it is crazy. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's cool. one called Otter AI that will do that for Zoom. I've played with it, but it's really my my wife uses that at work to yeah. take meeting uh, to take notes during the like board meetings. Yeah, they'll she'll wow. listen to it back and generate her notes, and it will tell you who spoke and who said what. Mm-hmm. And it's See, really and cool. that's so cool and so helpful and so time saving. But if you weren't actually like in the meeting, like if it gets one thing wrong, that's yeah. crucial, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. someone said the fifth and it writes down the fifteenth, mm-hmm. like that's a ten day difference mm-hmm. in your project management plan, and <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, as we've been saying, the AI. Is a tool, but you have to know. You have to double check. Yeah, you have to double check. Everything. You can't just assume that what it spits out is accurate mm-hmm. or or um, the best it could be or or truthful. You mm-hmm. have to always do your own work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to wrap up, we are still researching, uh, but we have some ideas. So you can always come visit us. It's a complicated topic. I can't tell you in a thirty minute or forty minute, however long this yeah. podcast is going to go, uh, how to to handle AI. Um, we'll be doing some PD this, uh, fall on it. And, uh, yeah, you can always schedule someone on one time with us and we can help you. Um, and you can be our test subject on some of the things because, some, <laughs> yeah. because we need some faculty to run some, some scenarios for us and, and test some things out. And then, uh, we'll have a little more research than some of the other places. Cause I know that's, that's kind of where everyone yeah. is at. So anyway, um, next topic we are talking about is, so um, as we're talking ahead, about yeah. making uh, – sorry, let me start over. Yeah. As we're talking about wanting to make everything that we teach relatable to students, right, that's going to make it less likely that they cheat but also more likely that they remember what they've learned long term. In order to make things – in order to show students how important it is to learn what we're learning in this class, making it culturally uh, and contemporarily Making it culturally relevant and contemporary is super key. So um, as you're revamping, please be revamping your courses as you prepare for this fall. Don't just plug in what you've taught in the past and ex- assume that it's still going to be um, like good enough for the fall. I, I challenge you to do even better and um, try to get to know your students and what they're interested in. We're teaching in 2023. We're not teaching in 2020 anymore. So everything... Um, you know, everything that you can update, please update. So cultural relevance. When I think of 2023, I think of how this really popular video game called Legend of Zelda came out. It's really likely that your students, even if they don't play it, they know about it. So a reference to that or an explanation of how your um, topic in this economics class relates to Zelda could be really helpful and in, in drawing students what, in. What what would be a good resource for, for faculty to keep up? Like what if I, you know, I think all of us in here pretty much keep up with with. Mo- with what's relevant today, but uh, what would a, a faculty member that is um, out, maybe out of the loop, doesn't want to, you know, know what the kids are doing, <laughs> or I mean, not doesn't want to know, but maybe has a hard time understanding. Where what what 
what kind of resources will we give them? I mean, I think the, the biggest one is social media yeah, uh, and and exploring the new and different social media applications that are out there. Threads. Yep. Threads, <laughs> Blue Sky. Um, uh, don't say the TT word. We won't say that one. No, nope, we won't it's do that. On campus, yeah. um, um, but, and then, you know, there's, uh, there's a subreddit that I go to, and the Reddit also is another one, but there's a subreddit specifically called Out of the Loop, which will synthesize <laughs> information that you may have missed or not been aware of yeah. in about a paragraph. So that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's so. I'm the oldest guy in the room here, and um, and uh, I that's I get all my uh, up to date, even AI stuff on social media. A lot of the stuff is out there is just cutting edge. So I think it's funny that you said that because you're the most culturally relevant person. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like age has nothing to do with it. Well, I know, but it, it it's uh, you know, like I said, it's just mainly watching a lot of social media and probably more than I should mm -hmm. um, instead of TV. I'm, I think that's, that's kind of the new thing is, and I don't know about where you guys are at cause you're younger, but, uh, I, my, I was at my mom's house and she was watching the news and she's like, you don't watch the news. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, no, I get all my news from, uh, yeah, social, social media, media. and I don't, yeah. And so yeah, for yeah. better or worse, I find out most things on social media. And then if I'm curious about them, I go look up a yep. news article mm -hmm. on it yeah. and like, I'm not promoting that as the way that we should do things, but it's an honest, you know, that's how I, I'm getting my news and that's how a lot of students are getting their news mm -hmm. yeah. today. So, and also it just talk to your students, be friends with them, ask them about the stickers on their water bottle, like mm -hmm. get to know them and, and then you'll find out what culturally relevant things they actually care about because not everyone in your class might be a Zelda fan. Maybe they're a Taylor Swift fan, even using updated vocabulary, like the word eras was not as popular this time two years ago yep. as it is now. Now everybody is using eras. Like that's the, a very what, common word what now. Word eras. Eras. E R A. Like, Taylor Swift's tour. Like the Reputation era. Oh, the era. Like a time for yeah. Yes, okay. like a time span. I, I'm sorry, I didn't. I don't. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> eras. Who so that, much for being the most culturally relevant. <laughs> Someone's not a Swiftie in here. Well, you know. But even if you're not a Swiftie, it's a, like a big TikTok and or sorry, it's a big Instagram reels. Yeah. Uh, um, That's okay. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're not a Swifty, it's a really common reference to call something, you know, I'm living in my summer era or I'm living in my, you know, student debt era or, you know, yeah, something like that. Um, and so using that language can really resonate with your students or, um, you know, talking about inflation and how relevant that is to students as you're talking about a math problem or a history problem. What? But so what, what about instructors? And and I was one of these people, and I and I didn't care because it it was fun. What about instructors that feel like it's almost like cringed, like when they're like, "I'm using your language, I'm you know dressing like Taylor, I'm showing memes mm. or whatever." Like, what do you say to them? Not you know, especially if students are kind of giving some pushback, like, "Oh, I can't believe this professor's doing that." I mean, I got a lot of that. So, what would you? I mean, everyone who teaches is going to teach differently and they have their own personality. And so they need to think about what's the best way for them to be culturally relevant. So it sounds like for you, the way to be culturally relevant was to, to, you know, push it and even to the point of cringe because it was memorable for your students, but yeah. that's not everyone's teaching personality. So maybe using that updated vocabulary or language isn't the right thing for you. But as I was saying, you could use real world modern day examples as to why your content that you're teaching in your class is so important. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, if you're teaching a, a science class, every global warming is on everyone's minds as we're hitting 
like sky high record heat across the world this summer. Um, and you can talk about that in your science class. You don't have to use 2018 data. Use the updated data. You, you know, talk about a recent news article. Talk about how this relates to your students' lives today and mm -hmm. what their lives are going to be like in five years if we don't, you know, make the um, changes that scientists are talking about. So things that make it relevant to students' life today, not just whatever the news was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any uh, ideas for activities that may integrate? Like how how would I, I know there's some things I did as a K twelve teacher, but how do you integrate? Like how do I know? Yeah, I know talking to students, but think about all the students you may see. How do you know? Like what kind of activities can I get to know my students with? Especially like online. I think discussions, be it in a video format. You know, you can post a video discussion, and that yeah. can you know just seeing the student, hearing the student. But then also you can garner so much more information from that. You know, they might have something in the background of their video that you can call attention to. Like, oh, like like Catherine said, I noticed that there's a Zelda poster back there or something. Just something to kind of make a connection that's going to make that student remember that you were there and that you care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think discussions for me is a big one. Yeah, yeah I like that. Um, I like the idea of the concept of doing problem-based projects. Mm -hmm. Um giving a problem that, you know, that's being dealt with in the world right now. And then they are providing ways to solve, you know, such as like global warming. What are some ways that we can prevent or not prevent, but what are some ways that we could be active out in the world to um, decrease, you know, that going on? I don't know, just things like that where you're being culturally relevant to things that are happening in the world right now and finding ways to solve. Yeah. One of, uh, I took an online environmental science class here at MCC. And uh, one of the projects that we had to do was to find out our rough estimate of our carbon footprint. And that involved, you know, tracking mileage and, you know, what the carbon emissions of your vehicle were over the course of a month and then uploading that to the class. And it was more or less just so the professor could see, did you do the work or not? But it made me incredibly aware in an online class and got me involved. Uh, because in the in-person class, they would typically go to a site and do research at an actual site here in Waco. But in online, it was more of like, hey, do this on your own, but I need to, I need you to upload the proof that you've done this. Yeah. Um, and that, I thought that was a really cool project and it's still something that like I think about to this day. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I really like the idea and I don't know how it would translate to online about shared experiences mm -hmm. with uh, your students, maybe, you know, and it may not even relate to uh, something you're teaching. Like I, I used to play video games with my students and I uh, used to, uh, you know, we used to talk about mo like, oh, go watch this Marvel movie and then you can review, give me your review. It was just things that and, – and sometimes it was a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I think that helped just relate as well um, because I think if your students feel – like you care about them, they're more conscious to do work in your class. Like more, I want to, I really want to do well in this class because uh, this guy, this guy cares about me or yep. this, this teacher, this professor. One so, thing I did in teaching online fundamentals to kind of like piggyback off what TJ was saying about discussion posts was I had like a different discussion board thread mm -hmm. um, where they could like um, 
talk about things amongst just them. I wasn't yeah. really involved in this discussion board. But we would randomly post, you know, questions like, what's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite local place in Waco? Yeah. And just having those conversations and seeing what their responses are, you know, so that I can take that and then tie it into what I'm, you know, what, what my lecture is, what my content is. Yeah. And then something also that I was thinking about as we were talking about being culturally relevant was um, the other day, Catherine was designing something uh, for an online course and she had Barbie and Ken and showed, you know, the different, their different perspectives. And that right there is being culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. Barbie movie is the huge thing right now. They're, yeah. It's being used in advertisements on HGTV. Um, I don't know. It's just everywhere. Everybody's wearing pink. <laughs> so, I mean, just finding ways to connect with your students, seeing what they like. Um, I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Super important. Well, we are at about forty minutes, so we've uh, we've 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 gone a little longer than a normal <laughs> podcast. But there's some great topics that we talked about. Anything else that we want to add? Yeah, accessibility. Always keep that in mind um, in 2023, because everybody processes things differently, and it's important that your courses um, meet the needs of all of our students. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, to, um, Claire, you have a uh, you're in TOF. You have someone that's hard of hearing, right? Is he? Is he he's mm-hmm. technically deaf, or yeah? Well, okay, he's hard of hearing. Yeah. Okay, and so it was really important for him to be able to, you know, uh, have captions on videos and things that that you're doing. To, yes, to- absolutely. Um, one thing that we did in TOF, uh, we had to post our final presentations, and we had. Uh, several instructors, you know, add in a video of them giving a tour of their course. Mm-hmm. Those videos didn't have captions. So it was, he was very, he couldn't understand anything that they were saying. They didn't even show their face. So he couldn't mm-hmm. even uh, read their lips. Mm-hmm. And that made him very frustrated. It made him want to, you know, quit, didn't want to continue um, pushing forward in TOF. Um, but, I mean, we got that figured out. And I think it was an important lesson for the faculty that were also in the course, mm-hmm. that um, that is the policy of MCC. Like you have to think about who your students are, what their needs are, and make sure that you have uh, those accommodations made in your course. Yeah. So it was a very important lesson that I think mm-hmm. uh, they took away and that they'll um, continue to make sure that their courses are accessible in the future. Yeah. I think sometimes it can be an afterthought with accessibility mm-hmm. and like I really just need to do this for compliance. But when you put a face to it mm-hmm. and you get to meet someone yeah. and you can see the struggles that they face and you kind of empathize with that, uh, I think it makes it even more important. So um, that I think that was powerful. That, it was very powerful. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. All right. Anything else, guys? I know we had a lot of things we wanted to talk about, but uh, we don't want to keep people – on too long, they're probably tired of hearing our voices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> let's, let's, Thank you for that enlightening discussion. Let's move on now. Yes, I was going to let he, you hear. Yeah, uh, he's, he's something. Uh, okay, well, I also have this. So, um, Thank you for listening to Mac Talks. Make now. sure to subscribe to hear the latest episodes and follow us on Instagram or Facebook to keep up with the IDI team. 
Let's email us with any questions or topics you're interested in hearing, or if you're interested in being on the podcast, let us know. Thanks again. Until next time. Oh, wow. She sounds like a robot. <laughs> that, uh, we'll just, uh, that'll be Catherine's replacement. Sorry. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, yeah, Catherine, we're going to clone her voice. Can we clone your voice? You can may we, not clone uh, my voice. Uh, well, I was going to hopefully I feel like it's, it's a silly thing now, but I don't know what the future will hold. And like my, my thumbprint you know, like, unlocks my bank account in my phone, right? Like, most people. Yeah. But, like, as a kid, you put your thumbprint on, like, little gl- clay things all the time. I, I, we just have no idea what will come of of technology I and think all they personal clone information. her voice. Yes. We can get into her bank account yeah, someday. Right? <laughs> Catherine's like, going to be advertising things <laughs> for us. Or, like, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you could get someone into trouble by, mm-hmm. like, pretending to be their voice and yeah. being like, Catherine said this offensive thing to me and then using the clone to do it. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that's so going nice. to be, I know that we've, we've, we're off the AI subject, but I think yeah. that's going to be the new, like, hacking, like, phishing. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be, like, people calling you, and, and it's like, oh, Grandma, you need $1,000? I'm like, dang, Grandma, why don't you call me earlier? So, <laughs> you know, but that uh, that uh, that could be scary. Uh, anyway, yeah. thank you guys for <laughs> listening to Mac Talks. Uh, we hope we didn't uh, scare you too much about AI. And uh, We wish you all the best as you plan on your teaching in 2023 and keeping in mind AI, being culturally relevant, and making sure that everything you do is accessible to everyone. Yes, yes. and Catherine will miss you. And I'll Sorry. miss you all. Maybe yeah. you'll be a guest every now and then. No, Maybe. you can zoom in. We can still do it from the, you know. There you go. Zoom. <laughs> but why would I zoom in when I could come to this beautiful studio? Really? Yes, we just updated our podcast room. What you're hearing right now is uh, some nice microphones. <laughs> that was a, that's a Barbie, right? That's a that's yeah, a Barbie. yeah, that is a Barbie. Oh, is Barbie. New, we, podcast new podcast room. And this room is available for any faculty and staff to use if you want to record your own podcast. Yeah, two twenty two in the LTC. Come on yeah. down. Yeah. All right, well, come all at once. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of AI, let's have our AI uh, walk us out. Oh, we're going to play her again? Uh, No, because I was assuming you cut out the earlier one. I was assuming we were doing a real ending. (laughs) Oh, you want me to cut out the other one? I liked liked it. So uh, thanks for uh, listening to Mac Talks. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.